Welcome back to Coffee in the Library. This is episode something. Uh, yeah, <laughs> episode something with Pastor Simale. <laughs> welcome, Pastor. Thank you. How about you? I am good. Good. And good. welcome to our viewers. Yeah. Uh, it's great to be back with uh, mm -hmm. with all of you. Uh, in today's episode, we are discussing um, what I'll call kingdom ambitions or kingdom opportunities. Mm -hmm. Kingdom opportunities. Um, it ties in a little bit with evangelism mm -hmm. because we tend to think of evangelism as this thing, this program that we do, this program that we carry out. Mm -hmm. So evangelism happens, for example, KBC supposed to happen Tuesday evening. The members gather, they go out, and they begin to minister. Some churches call it soul winning. Um, but kingdom opportunities are, are slightly different, mm -hmm. even though they're evangelistic in nature. Um, yeah, can you define kingdom, kingdom opportunities for us? What, what, what do you understand? All right. By that? Okay. Um, firstly, we Christians tend to think of evangelism in general as a, as a church program rather than a Christian duty. And because of this default understanding, they get into the world. With without not having the antennas up as the opportunities available to speak about Christ or to bring in the gospel. Now, when we talk of kingdom opportunities, it's it's still evangelism. But now you are saying they God has put us into a community which has various opportunities in which, as Christians, we can be sought and light. Basically, that's what we are saying. Now, when to use the word uh, uh, opportunities in, in, in a general sense, it's like you're saying, there are these avenues in which I can pour myself into or put resources and have, have gain at the end of the day or advance my cause or advance something. Now, when you talk about kingdom opportunities, it's kingdom stemming from the fact that we are Christians and want to bring in the gospel, which is really the kingdom of God into all these, these avenues. And when I say kingdom opportunities, you're basically saying as Christians, looking at your workplace, looking at where God has placed you as an opportunity to be sought and light. Yeah, it, it brings to mind you know, business opportunities. Yes. So when I gather with my friends and we're saying, guys, Let's think of business opportunities, places where we can invest our money really? and be of, of, of good use uh, and earn a profit. Exactly. So now we go out and wherever we are, we are looking for these opportunities. Yeah. Um, is, is it in tom like farming tomatoes and selling them because you know, a crate of tomatoes is going for a really good price? Yeah. Is it in chickens? Is it in broilers? Is it in eggs? Yeah. Right? Everywhere we are looking, mm -hmm. we are looking out for these opportunities. Um, and uh, so to tie that in with kingdom opportunities, is it, that means Christ, kingdom opportunities imply Christians should be constantly on the lookout for, in, in the same way as business opportunities, they're yes. constantly on the lookout. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly that's what we're saying, because Christians, your business is gospel opportunities, preaching the gospel. Mm -hmm. Now, when we say preaching the gospel, we're not basically saying meet a person and are you a Christian. Yeah. But it's just saying to yourself, 
what are the opportunities that are available or that are presenting themselves or that I can create so that when I get into that environment, my goal is for people to see Christ in me and therefore give me an opportunity to share the gospel, to open up my mouth and tell them what Jesus has done. Now, this can be looked at in, in two senses. One, there's a way in which, as Christians, there's this standard approach. And what, what do I mean? This standard approach is, I must share the gospel. I must meet people, ask them whether they're Christians, I show them what the Bible says, which is sort of standard. But then the other avenue is this, this issue where my goal is to still share the gospel. But I don't immediately begin with the gospel or leave some kicked out. Or people just close themselves. But what I do is I enter into that realm. And as I enter into that realm, I purposefully say I'll be different. And I'll let them know I'm a Christian. That's why I do all these things differently. But then also I have this long-term goal. That if I'm here for two, three, four months or years... I want by the time I'm leaving or by the time I get to the fourth year, people can say the reason why this person was like this is because he's a Christian. Mm -hmm. Now, you have to look for those opportunities. There will be those opportunities that are sort of standard because every day I'm meeting people. Or as we, the, the example you gave, we have outreach at KBC every week. So those are sort of standard. But then also there are others where I have to look or I have to see the opportunities and then bring in the gospel. Okay. One example I I have, and we'll look at several of them, immediately that comes to mind, is the Lord Jesus Christ and the Samaritan woman. Mm -hmm. The Lord Jesus Christ is on his way somewhere in John 4. And then he has to pass through a, a Samaria, a, a town. And as he passes through that town, the disciples go to buy food, and he remains at the world. An, opportun an opportunity creates itself. Or it was possible that he had purposefully planned to do that, because he went to at the well and he knew someone would come to the well. And this woman comes to the well. And then the Lord Jesus Christ, first of all, enters into what I refer to as an area of common interest. They begin to talk about the well, about the water. And in that area of common interest, the Lord Jesus Christ now brings in the spiritual angle and said, if you know the person talking to you, you would have asked them for living water. The woman tries to run away and begins to talk about worship. The Lord Jesus Christ still runs with her into her thinking and still brings her back to where he wanted her to be and begins to tell her about worship and say, God is spirit, and those worship him must worship in truth and in spirit. So, there are these opportunities. Now, for us as Christians, and I think this is where we really need to be clear, Christianity is not just confined to the wars, uh, the four wars at church. It's a life. Christianity is life. So, it's impacting people's lives wherever we are. And to use business languages, I'm looking at opportunities where I can invest. 
it sounds like you are saying Christians are hustlers. <laughs> because there are two, two, two guys come to mind, two friends of mine. Uh, one of them is a hustler in terms of if you, um, if you need something, he will find it. Yeah. Because for him, uh, him finding it is his way of getting his percentage uh, on top. And he's not specialized. <laughs> but if you need it, yeah. he will find it. He's a, he's a kind of guy who you call and you say, uh, you know, uh, I'm looking for, I, I want to buy a car. Yeah. And uh, he'll say, what's your, what's your budget? Yeah. And he'll come, back with, <laughs> he'll come back with two or three yeah. options, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah, you say I'm looking for a house. I'm looking to study, and you come back mm-hmm. with, with the options. In that he's constantly looking for these, these opportunities. opportunities. But then there's another one who is constantly trying to, anything you want to sell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, 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 no, no, I, I can, uh, I can, I can sell it for you. Yeah. Um, it it sounds from what you're describing. It sounds like a Christian is supposed to be a hustler in that sense. He's I is out for all these opportunities, and wherever they avail itself, mm-hmm. any opening, any window, not, not yeah, any opening, any window, is he, he is able to take advantage yeah. of that. Is that is that too much of a stretch, or it's uh, well, it's just that when you say hustler, some people think of being negative. Negative, yeah, yeah, it's the, yeah, that's the thing. But the the examples you've given, the one I'm thinking, one can be likened to a pastor yeah. who. Pastor, regardless of the profession or the age group, you still want to share the gospel. So you take that opportunity. Then the other one to be Christians, in the sense that you you are saying to yourself, what do you want to say? No, I can buy it or I can sell it for you. Mm-hmm. Now, yes, we could use that term to refer to Christians because for us we have a mandate from our God and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Who says all oh, authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me? Therefore, go. And then he tells us what to do: make disciples, and then teach them to observe all that I've commanded you. And then he ends with an assurance: I'm with you always, the very end. Now he's, he he doesn't say go to church. He just said go. And the Greek phrase is: as you are going, you're making disciples. Yeah. Now. What Christians need to do is look, for, for one, you look for those opportunities, kingdom opportunities, but two, they are there. Wherever you are, it's a kingdom opportunity. Practical example, I'm in school. I'm a student. And I'm not the only student. God has, bring, has put me before in, in the midst of many other students. Let's use an example. I'm a student and based of Zambia. So the Lord has said, yeah, while you are there, get your degree. But I'll hold you accountable for the souls that brought into your life. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? You've got this opportunity to minister the gospel to the students. But within that population of students, there are those students the Lord will bring closer to you, maybe your cosmates or your roommates. So you try as much as possible to utilize that opportunity to stand uh, differently, but also to be sought and like. Mm. So as a Christian, you bring your worldview into that context. And the students now be saying, so, but why is this guy's life like this? Mm. And they're able to share the gospel with them. And able to point them to what Jesus has done. But also saying, as a Christian, a student, you're not also lazy. So you're excelling in your studies. Mm. 
and you're doing everything that you can as a student, but still living a different life because of Christ. So that's an opportunity. And so you have that immediate circle. And from that immediate circle, now you can look at other students within the student population at the university. Meaning that within that student population, if I events do with students, you, you avail yourself as much as you can with the antennas to be sought and light. You bring to mind the episode, the previous episode that we did with, uh, with Henry, with Henry Chimutu. Um, and he spoke about systems, because I was thinking about politics, okay. governmental systems. Yes. Uh, you need salt. Yes. You need the salt of, 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 of Christians. You need that salt and light to be involved in these systems. And, and it sounds like similar to what you're saying, where Christians' kingdom opportunities are not just the, it's not just bringing human beings under the subjection of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's also bringing systems yes. under the subjection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it brings to mind 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4 and 5. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, yeah. not of the flesh, mm -hmm. but they have divine power to destroy strongholds, therefore, we destroy all arguments and lofty opinions uh, against uh, uh, the Lord God and bring every thought captive in mm -hmm. obedience to Christ. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it ties in with yeah. that, in that we are, we are Christians should be involved in the systems mm -hmm. wherever we are placed. Yes. And so it's uh, being involved in parents' teachers' associations. Mm -hmm. Being involved in like uh, uh, the, the the employee representatives with the board, even unions. Yes. Christians tend to avoid uh, things like unions, yeah. and we leave it to the moral degradation that comes from uh, that, that that comes to the world. Those are kingdom opportunities as well. Yes, that's what we're basically saying. You see, the pro the, the issue is our world views are being shaped by what we are sort of a um, not to, I don't want to use the term accustomed to, but what, what has presented itself here. Uh, so, instead of saying, what does the Bible say? You are basically thinking, what has previous Christians in this environment done or things like that? Now, when you are in a particular location or place, there are those kingdom opportunities that you are referring to. You've given an example of a PTA parents, uh, teachers association, why is it that you don't want to join the PTA? Or even when you are approached to save on the PTA, as, as a Christian you are refusing because in your mind you tend to think that's evil. I should just be involved at church and then when we have harvest month at church then I participate. Mm -hmm. But that's an avenue where you can be there. Maybe they even choose you as a, as a treasurer Within the system, you do your very best. You keep the, the resources of the, the association with integrity. But also, if there's something that is offline, you begin to change. It's about time we begin to also use our profession as opportunities. I'm an accountant. I join an accountant association. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a pastor. The previous being an accountant. Yeah. yeah, but this is an example. Yes, you have what you call Zika, the, the Zambia Institute of Chartered Accountants, or something yeah. like that. Join, bring moral integrity to the association, the profession, yeah. the profession. 
so that they don't say accountants are thieves. Let them say, yeah, they are different accountants. Help within the profession, your levels of education to bring in systems or bring in change. An example, let's say a lawyer. Me as a pastor, if I wanted to join the law association, they may not allow me. Even though I'm handling the law of God, which is of paramount importance and supreme, yeah. but I won't. Yeah. But you have lawyers who are Christians, or Christian lawyers, whichever argument you want to use, who are part of those because of their profession. So they can use their biblical knowledge to bring about change in their profession. I, I use this example yeah. all the time um, because of people think I'm outspoken. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it to you to think whether, yeah. whether that's accurate yeah. <laughs> um, I, 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 I say this to, to uh, fellow Christians um, there are people who will not talk to me yeah. they simply will not sit down with me mm. they will think I'm too antagonistic mm. or something like that um, even if I I mean well yeah. right? but their, their, their first opinion of me, I, I'll never get the opportunity to sit down to, with them, to have that one-on-one -on -one with them. Mm. Uh, on top of that, maybe I, I won't even have the opportunity to meet them. Mm. However, they are your friends. Yeah. God gave them, God put you in that position mm. where you can be the active voice of God in that, in that, yes. in, in that realm. Yeah. And for me, this ties in with, with, it's a sovereignty of God issue, I think. I may, I may be telling the sovereignty of God way too many things, but, but I think it's a sovereignty of God issue because if we believe that where we are is mere coincidence, then why bother? Yeah. Why bother do anything about it? But if we know that there's a sovereign God who has placed me in my neighborhood, he, he, he has deliberately said for this period of time, Wanda yeah, is going to live in this house mm -hmm. with these neighbors. And it's God who's created the opportunities. Yeah. It's God who has said that for this for this entire year, this 12 months, You'll be this in. guy will be in grade 11 with these other 29 people. Mm. You know, it's God who's created that opportunity. Now, if it's just a coincidence, why do anything about it? There's no opportunity. But if it's a sovereign God who has determined, who's created these opportunities for us, that changes the game completely. Yeah. And, and, and in, in Acts 17, uh, when, when Paul is at Athens, yeah. he is actually bringing out that truth. He said it is God whose purpose that we should live at a particular time and in a particular location. And he said, so that perhaps we may call upon his name. Yeah. The yes. In the hope that yeah. they can move yeah. towards him and, and that find they should him. seek God and perhaps yes. feel their way towards him and find, and find him. Though he is never Yet far from he is actually not far from each one of us. One of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. So Acts 17, verse 27. And and if you as a Christian, once you understand that, it helps you now to begin to see that I'm here as sort and light. I'm here as an evangelist. These are evangelistic opportunities. I may not always be in bed 11 with the same pupils or the same people around. They might fail this year, yes. but or God I has given fail, them yeah. to me. Or I or, might fail. Or I might fail, or something yes. might happen. But God has given me yeah. this year. Yeah. To be sought and life. 
God has made so for you to be at peace. This this company or this firm, for how long I don't know. Just as God brings each one of us and gives us these desires with our levels of abilities, to either be an architect, a doctor, a lawyer, an accountant, a pastor, a nurse, a teacher. Now, if no matter how brilliant a person is, will not be all these things. Just like. I will not be able to understand all these professions. God has given me this mindset and ability to be able to understand this particular profession and I must do everything to bring about change for the glory of God in that profession. Yeah. To close off yeah. the episode, um, one of my favorite movie quotes, I may have even brought this up but <laughs> on Coffee in the Library before. Um, it, it's a so it's a mentality yeah. issue. Um, it, so, as Christians, we might look at our profession or in our neighborhood, wherever we are, and we look at the sheer numbers and say, "God, I'm outnumbered." Yeah, I am the little guy in this world. Mm-hmm. I'm the small guy, no experience, mm-hmm. uh, few qualifications, and I'm the only one. I'm the mm-hmm. only Christian in this organization. What can I do? And so we enter with a real inferiority complex. Mm-hmm about it. Yeah. What what can I achieve? I am the smallest guy mm. here. Um but my favorite one of my favorite movie quotes um and uh, I hope you can make the connection. <laughs> yeah, uh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> uh is uh it's from the movie Watchmen. So this vigilante guy who catches criminals um is set up and now he's put in prison. Mm. He's put in the exact same prison as the guys who he's put in. Yeah. So he's in the, the line. Guys locked the up. guys are locked up, yeah. So he's in the line about to get his food. And then there is uh, the guys who he put in approaching him. And they're like, you know, now it's our turn. Now we're going to mess with you. And then he does his moves and he beats up this guy. And then he looks around at all of the, uh, all of the guys there. And he says, you guys don't get it. Yeah. I'm not locked in here with you. Yeah. You are locked in here with me. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, I, I sort of feel Christians should have yeah. that. Yeah, because mentality. That's true. Yes, that's true. Um, because you say you believe in a sovereign God, mm. and that God exists in three persons: mm. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And you go on to say the Holy Spirit is resident in me. Mm. And when you are there, it's God has taken you there. Mm. To be that small ray of light mm. in the midst of darkness. Mm. And the light will not shy away. Yeah. A bulb doesn't say, no, I'm just 20 words. No. no. It pierces. Yes. And everyone can see it yes. from afar. And if, as Christian, that's our mentality. Yeah. God, you've put me here for, I don't know for how long. Help me to understand why. Mm. And who knows, may just be just for one term. But the impact will be lifelong. And I think I, for me, it's for us as Christians to realize the cultural mandate, Genesis 1. Subdue. Fill the earth. Have dominion. And that means in every sphere, we must have dominion. So if I'm the doctor, let me be the best of doctors I can be, 
But in that profession, let me be sought and loved. We're supposed to close it off, but you've given me. There's just one more. Yeah, there's yeah, just one. Yeah. Uh, I am convinced. Yes. I am convinced that Christians should want to have, like Christians should be, should want to grow their company so that they are huge, yeah. huge, right? Uh, and and the reason is because we want to have access to more people. Exactly. <laughs> if, if 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 all I've got is a little shop in the backwoods of Kapwata here, I've got access to what two or three people. Yeah. But if I can grow my enterprise into a something bigger than shop rights, mm-hmm. I've got now I have access to all these people. They are able to have de- de- be directly influenced by the sort and light that the Lord shines through my life. Why would I not want to raise my light so that it's shining? On a wider area, scope, right? yes. But when we limit ourselves, when we think we're just, you know, we're just messing around here till Jesus comes to take us home, we the, the only reason we want a big company is because of the money. And how shallow is that? Mm-hmm. When we can grow, when what we we can grow an enterprise that way, we are bringing in systems with sort and light. We we've got. Um, Christian commandos within yeah, the unit, yeah. so that you know it's okay if I hire six nine believers. Yeah. <laughs> I put in one Christian in there, and that guy's going to do damage. That's it's true. going to reach them with yeah. the gospel to the point where people will be getting saved within the institution. We are bringing about change in the wider environment. There's so much change that can happen if we have the right worldview, as you're saying. Right? Definitely, and, and 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 that's what I said. It's because we've now decided to com- to do have compartments in our Christian life. So at church, at work, at school, in the community. That's why you find Christians who, they are not really interested in any community development projects that are taking place. They are not interested in even meeting their member of parliament, even knowing what's happening. Because you sort of have this compartment, no, that's not for me. You have Christians who are not interested to be board members of institutions, even board members of schools. You have Christians who are not interested Sitting on small committees, yeah, there's no value, yeah, there's no payment, there's no precisely, yeah, basically pouring in your resources. But the Lord has put you there for a a reason, yeah. You have Christians who don't even want to campaign and join not only politics but also their union representations at their schools or. At their at their work of place, it's because you've got this shallow view. But when you have this broader view that this is God's world and it must be sought and light, seen as enter this world, and we must shine the light of the gospel, then you have all this. Such that if I have a have a firm a company, I'm saying to myself here: while I'm offering a service and they're paying me for your service, I must let them know. That I'm a Christian. So that when people look at the way you run, you run your business, the ethos, the principles are totally different. And they'll be asking why. When they know why I'm not bribing someone in order to, to reduce my tax on these and things like that, they know it's because of this principle. When they know I'm refusing kickbacks, it's because of the fact that I cannot sin against God. The last example I could give, Joseph. He's a slave man. Yes. In Potiphar, if anything, most of us would have said, these are the believe me, to poison this family. Yeah. 
because I'm a slave. Yeah. But he excels. And wherever Joseph was, God was with him. And regardless of the situation, he remained faithful to God. He's in prison. He's doing what he's supposed to do. He's in Portman's house. He's doing what he's supposed to do. Now you can say that's an extreme example. But it's basically showing us that wherever we are, if we put our faith and trust in God, God will be with us and use us. However small, but it will, be, it will grow. Lastly, the Lord has given us gifts. And He grows our gifts. So they are no longer just benefiting a smaller unit of people, but a larger. So some of us, the Lord has been growing us, maybe through our education. You had a diploma, you have a degree, you have a master's, you have a PhD. And so from a small unit, you now have this opportunity. You are a director of an institution. You have that opportunity to influence a larger number. Otherwise, it's business. So we must be able to do all that for the glory of God. And I end with what I always say, which you know, private faithfulness is prerequisite to public usefulness. And as long as I'm not faithful at a private level, I should not expect myself to be faithful uh, at a public level. Yeah. Yeah, such conversations really get me so fired up. Yeah. <laughs> so, so fired yeah. up. Yeah, you, yeah. Can, you can even see it. <laughs> so fired yeah. up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Before we uh, look at our book of the week, uh, I'll close it off with a verse that has really spoken to me. Two verses, actually. That have spoken to me the last month or so. Ezekiel 3, verse 10 and 11. Moreover, he said to me, Son of man, the words you hear, the words I shall speak to you, store in your heart. Ha! Yeah, yeah. keep in your heart. Keep them in your heart. Yeah. Then they must be passed off. Yes, keep them in your heart and go to your people. Yeah to the exiles, and speak to them and say to them, that says the Lord, whether they hear or refuse to hear. <laughs> right? That, that's, that, that's our mission. We, we, we go out and we say, that says the Lord. He reigns supreme over all these things, and, uh, and he's the Lord of all. So, yeah. Um, use these kingdom opportunities for something worthwhile. Uh, and yeah, stick around for our uh, book of the week here is an ad from our sponsors. I think the most unique aspects of the MA and pastoral theology here at ACU is number one, the practical nature of it. That, and when I say practical nature, I mean connecting it to the local church and to the work of the local church and having that, that hands-on aspect to every class uh, that connects the student to the local church and the local church to the student in their preparation. I think the other thing is, uh, again, that wealth of pastoral experience um, in our faculty. So we, we have faculty members with, you know, 20, 30 years of hands-on pastoral experience. So. Our students are going to be learning from people who not only have impeccable academic credentials, 
but also from people who have a wealth of knowledge and experience in the work of the local church and doing it in an environment that weds their work with the work of the local church and gives them opportunities to exercise those things here on campus as well. Also, we've designed it in such a way that their classes are all going to happen in the first part of the week. Our classes are all going to be on Mondays because we don't want people to have to leave the field in order to come and do this training. So we load all of the classes up on Monday so that you are actually working in your field for the rest of the week. So if you're working at a local church or a pastor, it's fine. You do your classes on Mondays and the rest of the week you do the rest of the things that you do. Uh, by the way, your work is also going to be geared so that the work that you're doing will coincide with the work of the ministry. So we're going to be preparing you to do work for your class that will always um, spill over into the work that you're doing in your ministry. Um, so we don't want people to have to leave the field. Uh, or if you're working in another job, you know, we don't want you to have to necessarily leave that in order to be able to make room for this. So that's a very unique aspect of this program as well. You know, one of the things that, uh, especially in Zambia, we don't realize is the fact that, you know, in the outside world, um, academic studies have uh, reached very high levels. Uh, and it's because we, we, we are in a context here that's been overprotected. People just go to generations and the generations they go through various uh, levels of the ladder. And that's not healthy now because the, the, uh, the center of gravity of uh, the Christian faith is now, strictly speaking, moving to the global south. And the theologists will tell you that the, uh, Africa is poised to become the next major sending force of missionaries around the world. And therefore, we, we need right here in Africa, right here in Zambia, to reach the highest levels of learning. And not just academically in terms of their knowledge, but even in practice, so that we can give, bequeath to the world the best possible levels of knowledge within the context of the Christian faith. That's what SCU is aiming for. We've been too content within the context of Africa and Zambia in particular to, to simply have someone with a piece of paper and then they begin to, to do their work. Uh, and as a result, as the world tends to say about Africa, that Christianity here is a mile wide but only an inch deep. And that's what is being built into our MA program, our Master Pass program, with pastoral theology. We, we really want to uh, provide the highest levels of uh, training and education for those who will be filling up our pulpits and also the various other areas of ministry. Theological ministry um, through this particular program. And I'd like to challenge anybody who's listening to this to, to go around Zambia, for instance, look at the various educational institutions that even speak in terms of being 
um, Protestant, Evangelical, and say, okay, what is being offered there by way of masters or doctoral studies? And you soon discover that they're just a conduit of studies being done elsewhere, off the continent most of the time. But here we are having a Zambian, African-based uh, institution with faculty that are largely homegrown, that are at the highest level, cutting-edge level of uh, theological understanding and studies. That's what we are offering to the people here. And I'm saying, come for it. It's, you can only, in the end, benefit. Welcome back. Um, Pastor, what's our book of the week? All right. The, the book of the week is The Story of Christianity by Juste Gonzalez. This guy looks at the church to the present day. Now, this is a very good book. That's one. But then, uh, two, it's, it's historical. Most of it from history and trying to show the the present age in terms of the development and the movement of the, the Christian church. Now, I know a number of you are saying, ah, history, I don't like history, I know those things. But Gonzalez brings it in a way that is very interesting. And he shows the story of Christianity, first of all, in an informative, uh, interesting, but also very consistent in the way he's presenting the materials. It begins with Acts chapter 2, where the day of Pentecost and how just from there the gospel just began to move from uh, Jerusalem, Africa, Europe, and then Asia, the ends of the earth. And he also shows us that Christianity was thriving in North Africa in those early years. The concentration of the Christian faith was in Africa. And then from Africa, you had missionaries, people going to preach the gospel into Europe, into Asia, and into the end of the age. And so, I think for my African audience, those of you who try to argue that Christianity is a white, man, a white man's religion, read this book, and it will show it was in Africa. Yeah, and he begins the book of Acts. You had people coming from Africa the day of Pentecost. And what is our rating uh, for this one? History is not always easy. Yeah, particularly if you have to concentrate. I'll put it at eight. Okay. It's thick. It's not eight. Is not because it's very difficult to read, but just that you need it's your mind to be bulky. going yeah. yeah to and from, and it's bulky because it's history. A lot of historical facts yeah. that you need to verify. Yeah. Powerful stuff. Uh, make sure you track down uh, this book. A number of the books that we speak about can be found in the Evergreen Library found at Kawata Baptist Church. So if you're in Osaka, feel free to stop by, get yourself a subscription here. There's so much quality material here. It's uh, ridiculous. All this stuff behind us, in front of us, ridiculous. Uh, so take advantage of these opportunities. Thank you very much for tuning in to this episode of Coffee in the Library. Uh, if you liked it, please share this with uh, somebody, a friend, uh, family, people from your church, discuss this. 
discuss what kingdom opportunities are, how you can take advantage of them, hold one another accountable to all of this. And uh, we shall see you next time. Yeah. Bye.